You will not believe where Roman Hemby just got ranked on Mel Kuyper's big board. You are Locked On Turks, your daily podcast on the Maryland Turks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making us part of your day. And today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Roman Hemby just got ranked second on Mel Kuyper's big board for the Maryland Terrapins star and starting running back second in terms of running backs on Mel Kuyper's big board and this is not too high for Roman Hemby in case for all of you guys who don't know who Mel Kuyper is he works for ESPN and everybody knows he's the top analyst for college football and the NFL draft. He's the top analyst for doing the NFL draft. Every year he's been doing it. He's been doing it forever. He was the one that kind of came up with it. You see a ton of mock drafts now, but Mel Kuyper was kind of the originator of the mock draft and coming out with multiple versions of it and all the detail that goes into the NFL draft in terms of the players and everything you see about the NFL draft. A lot of that started with Mel Kuyper. He's been doing it forever, and he's usually pretty accurate. His big boards are usually pretty accurate. Obviously, there's always a surprise. We don't know exactly what the NFL is thinking, but his mock drafts, his big boards, they're pretty accurate on how the draft actually goes. So it's a pretty good predictor to see what happens. Obviously, this is his first one of his first mock drafts of the season, and Um, The big board is one of his first of the season, too. So a lot can be changed. But the fact that Roman Hemby is the second-ranked running back on the big board, I could not be more happy and excited for a Maryland Terrapin to get that recognition. But I also think Roman Hemby absolutely deserves that spot. Mel has – this is what he has the running back rankings as – He has Blake Corum, number one, at Michigan. And then he has Roman Hemby, number two, at Maryland, of course. And then um, Henderson from Ohio State at three. Donovan Edwards at four from Michigan. Braylon Allen at five from Wisconsin. And Trey Benson, the Florida State running back, who's the only non-Big Ten back on that list. So Maryland actually goes against four of the six top backs on the NFL draft big board. And this doesn't even include Penn State's, all of Penn State's backs that they have, and Singleton and Catron Allen, two of the best backs in the country, you could say. And a lot of people that don't watch Maryland football would say, why is, who is this guy, Roman Hemby? Why is he ranked so high? Why is a guy from Maryland ranked so high on Mel Kuyper's big board? The second ranked running back? Usually there's like one or two running backs that go in the first round these days. Why is, why is Hemby one of them? Why isn't Edwards one or Allen or guys we've heard more about? And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't surprised as a Maryland fan to see this. Because if you looked at all the different rankings of running backs just in the Big Ten, not even in the country, 
just singly in the Big Ten, you never saw Roman Hemby enter like the top four or five. Um, Wolverines Wire had Hemby as the seventh ranked back in the Big Ten. Stay Alive Powered had Hemby as the fifth ranked back in the Big Ten. And now Mel Kuyper has him second on his big board. But the more and more I thought about it, he absolutely deserves to be there. And it honestly makes sense. If you think about it, the two Penn State guys, if they were coming out this year, those guys are true sophomores, so they can't. If they were coming out of the college football this year, they might be the two top backs in the country. Singleton from Penn State might be number one, even over Blake Corum, or he'd be number two. He could definitely be in front of Hemby. And same with Allen. Allen could be in front of Hemby too. So if you think about how a lot of the guys that are really good backs in the country aren't even eligible yet, it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, I think Roman Hemby deserves to be in. I'm going to argue and tell you guys who don't maybe are watching this that aren't maybe a Maryland fan that Roman Hemby is the perfect NFL current day running back. Number one thing that the NFL is looking at in for running backs is catching the ball out of the backfield. Everyone wants a guy that is versatile and can do that. Names like Christian McCaffrey, Bijan Robinson, who just got into the NFL, has started doing that really well. Jameer Gibbs, who's a first-round pick, who people thought the Lions, um, they thought the Lions stretched by picking Jameer Gibbs. Why did they pick him? I guarantee, if they didn't think he could catch, if he didn't show the flashes of being able to separate and catch the ball and run routes like receiver at the running back position, I guarantee he would not have been a first-round pick for the Lions and would not have been taken by the Lions with their first pick, and it was early, too, and a lot of people thought it was a dumb decision. But a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield, that's where you're seeing the NFL go towards, and that's what you're seeing the early-round running backs be, and that's exactly what Roman Hemby does. 2022, 33 receptions for 300 yards with an average of 9 yards per catch. He's huge in the screen game. He can take a, a normal screen pass and take it back for 80 yards. That's some of the special that he has in him. And you got to remember, he had 33 receptions for 300 yards, and he doesn't play like all the snaps. Maryland loves to rotate their guys. So this guy isn't like hogging all the snaps and putting up 300 yards receiving. And 300 yards receiving was near the top of our team last year. It was a pretty balanced year last year in terms of receiving, but he was definitely up there in terms of receiving yards last year overall for our team. But 2023, he has already got basically 100 yards receiving. Against Charlotte in week two, he was our second leading receiver on the team with four receptions with 55 yards. So that's what the NFL game is translating to. They love the Christian McCaffrey types. They love the Jameer Gibbs types, the guys that they can spread around, do a bunch of different things with, that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And that's exactly what I'm saying Roman Hemby does. But, of course, you need your running back. If he's second on Mel Kuyper's big board to actually run the ball well and to be a good running back, too, and just be able to get yards and to average a lot of yards per carry, 2023 so far, he's off to a very good start with 40 carries for 243 yards. That's a 6.1 average. So right now, he's averaging six yards per carry for the Maryland Terrapins. Obviously, we haven't gotten we haven't gone to the stiff competition yet, but it's a very solid start for Roman Hemby to average six yards per carry. And 2022, 
as a freshman. It was a redshirt freshman. That's why he's eligible for the draft. But he had 989 yards, basically 1,000 with 5.3 average. So he averages always a lot of yards per carry, which the NFL looks towards. But they also just look at you in the eye test. It's not all about how how well you actually run the ball and how many yards you average and all that. They, it, The biggest thing probably is the eye test and how well you're going to test and how well you do in the combine and what they think your top end speed is and your athleticism is. Because there can be a guy that's running behind Georgia's O-line that could put up 1,000 yards easily but might not be the top back in the class or might lead the country in yards because he's behind uh, Alabama type of offensive line. But he might not be the top back in the country and might not translate and those tools are exactly what Roman Hemby has he has a ton of tools that translate that the NFL is looking towards he's fast and explosive and he's underrated strength I'll be curious what 40 time he runs but he has all those qualities that you want in a back he's twitchy he's one he can one cut and go and I think he's a lot stronger than a lot of people think and I and I've been saying a lot of NFL scouts want a Christian McCaffrey type. He's not on the level of Christian McCaffrey. He's not that yet, but I think he has some of the same tools and things that Christian McCaffrey has that makes him great. I think he can even get better as a route runner out of the backfield. I think he can be a guy that gives you like two, at least two, three receptions a game out the backfield. And so he does remind me a little bit of what, Christian McCaffrey brings, but it's just an exciting time for the Maryland program. Like I talked about yesterday with it being the premier program, Maryland's 3-0, premier program in the DMV. I talked about yesterday. Make sure to check that out if you missed it. Maryland's 3-0 going into conference play, and now we're getting recognized by Mel Kuyper on big boards with Roman Hemby being the second-ranked running back in the whole country going into the NFL draft. Maryland slow starts absolutely have to stop right now. I'll tell you about that after this message. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in in on the action. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right. Maryland slow starts absolutely need to stop right now, and this better be the last time I see one. Against Charlotte, went down 14-0 in the first quarter. Of course, that was a couple weeks ago. Now, and the defense gave up big plays. Jaquan Shepard gets undisciplined and tried to read the QB guys and gets bombed. Offense can't do anything. Talia throws pick to start. Charlotte game was a horrible start against a lesser talented team, and it absolutely needs to stop happening. And then against Virginia, I was getting deja vu because the same exact things were happening. We went down 14-0 in the first quarter. Offense starts slow and can't do anything. Virginia gets the ball 
instant flea flicker on a bomb. And guess who was in coverage that blew up the coverage? Jaquan Shepard blew the coverage assignment and got bombed on the flea flicker. So it's almost the same thing on the defensive side. It was Jaquan Shepard getting undisciplined and giving up a huge play. I'm almost happy that he's given up those two big plays on the season because we were able to still win those games. And now he's really going to be focused on not making that mental error going into big time play. So honestly, I think it kind of helps. I think even if and the other teams try and exploit that, I don't think it'll work because I think Maryland self scouts and has been very direct with Jaquan Shepard that he needs to stay disciplined on the backside. He's played pretty solidly well besides that. I have no problems with him playing. Besides that, he's giving up the big play. He can't be in if that happens again. But like I said, Virginia, we went down 14-0 in another team that was lesser talented. And it's going to come back to bite us if we continue to do this. And the more and more I think about it, this is kind of what I'm seeing with it and how I kind of thought about it yesterday when I was preparing for this podcast. One game is just one game, but two games starts to become a pattern of slow starts. And I'm starting to think that early on, when in football, early on, a lot of stuff is scripted. You have a direct game plan that you put plays in for the week that you know you're going to run and you run it a ton. You you practice it so many times and you have different plays that you've watched on film, and you know that there's a high percentage of those plays working against the opposing defense. And I think, honestly, Maryland's getting outcoached in the early scripted game. They've been awesome at changing their game plan and making changes throughout the game. But early on, on the scripted things, Maryland hasn't been good. And I kind of blame that a little bit on Coach Loxley and the staff because the offense has always come out, has become come out slow for the last two weeks. And the defense, they get bombed on the first couple of plays. So, I'm starting to blame that a little bit. Obviously, you got to blame those players, but I think that the coaching staff needs to get a better script going into the game, specifically in offense. Defense is one thing. Defense, you kind of have your game plan, and there's not you don't have as much scripted stuff that you're going to run. It's still more of your base defense kind of stuff. You might have a couple looks here or there that you throw in, but it's not as much as offense. But our offensive scripted plays to start the year or start the game – to allow us to not start slow, absolutely have to be better. And I think Coach Loxley needs to do better at that a little bit, especially because Talia continues to play kind of poor a little bit at the start of the game. He just It's just always a slow start with the wide receiver core, with the run game. And so something needs to say, needs to change. This is what Coach Loxley said. It's about rhythm. Number one, this week we dealt with some guys and missed a couple days of practice because of some injuries from the last game. And you know we're a team, especially some of these new guys that are getting into our system on the offensive side. We're a team. These guys need those reps. And I think what it shows us is that if a guy isn't healthy enough to practice enough to get the necessary reps that he's going to need to perform his job, then we got to make sure we got the right guys out there. So – 
it's kind of an interesting quote. He's talking about the rhythm and how guys have been injured throughout the week and that the game's the first time coming. But honestly, I don't want to say that's an excuse, but it's a little, it's an excuse because everybody has at this point in the season, three weeks in, um, almost a, almost a quarter of the way through, or we are a quarter of the way through. Those type of things happen to everyone. Where there's injuries, three weeks in, there's going to be injuries for everyone. There's going to be players that don't practice the whole entire week that play on Saturday. And that doesn't mean, that doesn't give us an excuse to start slow. And I'm, I don't think Coach Loxley was making an excuse. But I think that, I'm just saying, like, that can't happen. That's not a good enough answer for me because if we continue to do that against the bigger teams, against the Big Ten teams, we're into the Big Ten season now. We've got the out-of-conference game out of the, out of the way. So we're into the big-time games now. And if we start slow against some of these other teams, we are going to pick up losses that we shouldn't have taken. But like I was saying, it's so important that we recognize that everybody – has injuries at this point in the season. Everybody has people that aren't going to practice this week. That is no excuse for starting slow. I bet Charlotte had players that didn't practice the week and they came in and tore us up at the start. I bet Virginia, Virginia's starting quarterback, they weren't sure about who their even starting quarterback is for the coming week. And they came out and bombed us. They thought they said their starter was going to be Tony Musket. He wasn't ready to go. And their backup freshman quarterback came in and killed us. So I, I can't see that being the reason. I think a lot of it is we got to get a better script that plays at the start. The defense the defense has been really good besides giving up the big play. And giving up the big play is going to be the depth of us if we keep doing it. But we can't start slow going into Big Ten play. Last year when we started slow against Michigan. When we gave up a big play on the return game because we fumbled the opening kickoff last year against Michigan on about the 10-yard line, Michigan goes and scores up and goes up goes up 7-0 within seconds. And that's a game that we lost by seven. So if that doesn't happen, we might win that game against Michigan if that slow start doesn't happen. Against Penn State, we went down 14-0 in the first quarter, never looked back lost 30 to zero in the game it just can't happen going into the big 10 games it absolutely needs to change i don't know if we need a better script i don't know what needs to change or the practice plan i don't know but these slow starts are going to come back to bite us even going into this week against michigan state maryland snap counts will tell you some very important things from the Virginia game. We'll talk about it after this message from the Locked On community and the Game Time app. Have you ever wanted to go to a game at the last minute like a Maryland Serapins game, but finding tickets is hard? I've been there before. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem Locked On College for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices 
guarantee. College football season is here, and this season, Locked On is kicking up your coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, conference rivalry games, and go in depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. The Terp snap counts against Virginia tell us some very important things about how the position battles are winding down for the Terps. Let's look at the wide receiver room for a little bit. There is always going to be interesting things with the amount of depth we have in the wide receiver room. But Ty Felton actually recorded the most snaps against Virginia, followed by Jason Jones, with 44 for Ty Felton. Tyrese Chambers was coming back from that injury and only played 12 snaps. I'm guessing it's because of the injury, and I'm guessing he was on a snap count, and they just decided to be safe with it. But I talked about Ty Felton early on. Before the season started, I said he might be too good not to be to not play a lot of snaps. I think Ty Felton is super talented, and I think you're seeing that because of the amount of snaps he's playing. In the tight end room, Corey Deitches did not lead the tight ends in snaps. It was actually Preston Howard who had a I don't want to say a breakout game, but he had a breakout play. He was on Sports Center. On, I want to say the number three play on Sports Center, but he was on the Sports Center top 10 for that hurdle play he had against Virginia. We got to find this way to get this guy a couple more touches. I'm not saying he needs like five touches per game, but just get him two touches, one or two touches per game, because that dude is a freak. And I think he's been complimenting Corey Deitches really well. He's been a big blocker, but he played the most snaps. It was only by one, but he showed some tools against. Virginia, and it's clear that we were kind of unsure. We kind of knew Preston Howard was going to be the tight end, too, but we didn't know really how well he was going to play and how good he was going to be. But we thought Rico Walker could also compete for tight end two minutes, which Rico Walker is doing. Rico Walker is playing a ton, but it looks like Preston Howard is the firm tight end two of the offense, so we kind of got that figured out. Offensive line, surprisingly, we haven't talked about them in a while. So the offensive line is kind of interesting right now. We expected Gottlieb to be the right tackle, but he was injured in the first couple of games. And when he come, came back last week, Connor Fagan still started at right tackle. So it looks like Connor Fagan might be the starter at right tackle. I heard something that the staff has loved how Connor has played. And Gottlieb played some guard against Virginia and also got some snaps at tackle, but it's still kind of getting figured out what's going to happen there. And there's still a fight for the center spot between Purcell and Harris. Harris played 25 snaps. Purcell played 30 snaps. So there's still a battle going on there for the center position. But I'm kind of unsure of how it's going to kind of fit. It looks like Moran and Bullock are the starting guards right now. But if Gottlieb's not playing tackle, is he going to compete for a guard spot? So I don't think our best five is completely figured out yet I think it's getting there but we're also still far ways apart I'll be interested to see if Gottlieb gets to start this week at tackle but if Connor's playing well I'm completely fine with him staying in there Barham led the linebacker group with 40 snaps which is perfect to see I've been saying it I want Jason Barham to play every snap 40 snap is not every snaps but it's 
a good number to be at to start for a game like Virginia when we were up by a lot of points. And then we talked about last week, Hippolyte and Wheatland. I said Wheatland is starting to overtake Hippolyte for the linebacker two role in the starting linebacker spot next to Deshaun Barham. But it looks like that's not really happening. It looks like Hippolyte is still the linebacker two. He had 29 snaps to Wheatland's 22 snaps. I thought Wheatland was just playing better overall. He was the defensive player of the week um, for Maryland last week on their Instagram page where they give a player, um, give the offensive and defensive MVP similar to what I do. But Wheatland was the MVP last week. So I was thinking, and he played more snaps. So I was thinking, okay, Wheatland is going to be the linebacker too or really the starting linebacker next to Barham. But it looks like he's back to being a backup, but both guys are going to play. So we'll see what happens. I still think that's being shaped up too. But maybe the most important one is the cornerback room. I've talked about Jaquan Shepard making way too many mistakes, trying to jump routes and getting B on a flea flicker because he doesn't stay with his wide receiver. Corey Coley, the junior cornerback for Maryland, actually played more snaps than Jaquan Shepard. So maybe the Maryland staff was tired of Jaquan Shepard mistakes, but Corey Coley played pretty well. I thought his name didn't get called a ton, but he did have more snaps by one snap than Jaquan Shepard. So I don't want to say that's a competition. I think Jaquan Shepard, it's still his spot to lose, but we'll see how much Corey Coley plays in the coming games. That's all we have for today. Please like and subscribe. We'll be talking about Michigan State coming up soon. But like and subscribe, like I said. And thanks for listening to Locked on Terps.